It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. We welcome you once again to another Estate Planning Essentials program. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the owner of KWM Radio and co-host of this fine program. And we are hopefully wisely seeking to protect your family, your assets, and you. And I do this with my attorney, who should be your attorney, our Estate Planning Essentials attorney, going on almost 10 years now on KWM. And his name right here in Dallas, Texas is Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. A happy warm June to you. I hope you're doing well and you're toasty. Well, I, you know, some like it hot. <laughs> some like it hot. Uh, that's a little, it's quite hot out there these days, my goodness. Uh, what's Indian summer? Indian summer means that the summer goes longer, right, than normal? I, I think it's like a, in the fall. In the yeah, fall. You know. So this is just an early summer. Well, I don't know what we're going to call this, but it's some kind of summer, and uh, it's certainly warm out there. Um, what's also warming up, as usual, are topics when regarding to state planning, government assistance uh, with the new administration, who knows what the future holds and what their priorities are, what the Senate will allow, et cetera, et cetera. So your goal is to protect people and to protect their money and to fulfill their wishes while they're alive and after, after they pass away. And today's topic is no different. It does that. And you want to talk about uh, trust as a beneficiary of IRAs. I'm not even sure what that phrase means, but why don't you explain it for us? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, a lot of people are under the misconception you can never have a trust as a beneficiary of an IRA okay. because there might be immediate taxation. Okay, got it. Uh, but there are, if you comply with the Internal Revenue Code, there are some exceptions to the rule. Uh, so you just have to have the language in a trust. Now, most people, first of all, I guess there's all sorts of different types of trust. In fact, there's trust within trust you can often have. Okay. So now, most people think of, when they think of a trust, they think of a revocable living trust, which means you could always revoke it or amend it. Uh, at any time, as long as you at least have mental capacity. Uh, or if you have a trust advisor or protector that has the ability to do something. So there's always exceptions to every rule. Uh, there could be changes. Uh, but so, and, and a lot of times people have trust within a trust. So if for for various protections, whatever it is, it's it's kind of like I always tell people we're asking robins. We just tell you what the flavors are. You just choose what flavor you like, mm -hmm. and so you have to say what is it that you want to protect. So, for example, let's say you have you're concerned that your spouse might remarry, or let's say you're concerned that you have a second marriage and you want to make sure that your children. Uh, from the first marriage, uh, get the assets from a retirement account, but you want your spouse to get some benefits during his or her life, okay? So um, so first I have to kind of talk a little bit about this 
federal law that changed a couple of years ago, which we think we're going to change again, by the way, right? by the end of this year. We talked earlier uh, this year about the SECURE Act 2.0, uh, uh, which is what I anticipate the laws will change. Uh, the House in, I think it was in April of 2022, had passed, and maybe it was March, it's been you know a few months, uh, that they said, here are some proposed new rules. Well, anyway, the bottom line is in 2020, there was, pre, prior to 2020, a beneficiary of an IRA could stretch that IRA over their life expectancy. Now, the reason, so in other words, let's say a child inherited an IRA from a parent. They could have, prior to 2020, they could stretch it out over their life expectancy so there would be tax deferral, tax deferred growth. The whole idea of IRAs is to make your money grow. Originally, Congress said, we want you to save for retirement. So if we're going to encourage you to save for retirement, although you will have to take a distribution uh, when you reach the a certain age. That certain age originally was 70 and a half. And for those who were 70 and a half before January 1st, 2020, that's still applicable. For those who were, were not 70 and a half, the present law by January 1st, 2020, is that they don't have to take required minimum distributions till that year in which they uh, uh, are 72. Uh, and then the uh, and the proposed law, by the way, is if you're not 72 by then this year, that you won't have to take it out till you're 73. Hmm. And it's going to eventually go up, uh, for those who are younger, to 75. People are living longer. Um, and so, you know, we have to adjust with age. It's just kind of like how we used to, uh, on Social Security, the full retirement age used to be 65, and now it's depending on the year of your birth. It could be uh, 66. It could be 66 in a couple of months. It could be 67. So we, we see that uh, there's different times of what's, what's considered full retirement age based upon the uh, year of your birth. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, uh, IRAs that used to be that you could stretch, but in 2020, the law changed where it said, unless you fit within five categories, you can no longer stretch. You mm-hmm. have to take it out within 10 years following the death of the uh, the following the de- year of death of the retirement account owner. Okay. So if you're a kid, where where you let's say that somebody had 30 years to to take it out, well now they only have 10 years. So now you have to. That means there's going to be a lot more tax, a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. And the government says, in effect, saying um, we want you to save for retirement, parent, but we don't want to make your kids wealthy. Got it. Yeah, we want our tax dollars quicker. Um, okay, so what kind of things do people want to protect against, and why would you want a trust to be a beneficiary? First of all, what are the exceptions on the tax law that we just mentioned? First, a surviving spouse. Second, uh, if you have a child who is a minor, so it's not a minor grandchild, but your child is a minor, that's an exception. When they reach the age of majority, then they have 10 years after that to take it out. If the person, is your beneficiary, is less than 10 years of age difference than you, so let's say you didn't have children and you had a sibling and you wanted to name the sibling as a beneficiary, or if the beneficiary is disabled or chronically ill. All right. 
So if you, a lot of times, by the way, what does that mean? A lot of times if somebody is disabled or chronically ill, and we may give more assets to stretch out to the disabled person and give other assets to the non-disabled child so that we, to try to even things out and have more tax deferral. Um, okay, so now uh, those are the most ca- the, the categories, and so we might want to uh, you always have to be uh, take that into consideration. But let's say um, you have a surviving spouse. But remember, I was mentioning the uh, let's say it's a second marriage, and you wanted to make sure other beneficiaries, or it doesn't have to be a marriage, whoever your beneficiary is, you say I want to make sure either my kids or charity or somebody else gets my retirement account after that spouse or significant uh, other uh, dies. I want that spouse or significant other, well, I guess it would be spouse if you want the stretch. Significant other wouldn't work. Um, So I want that spouse to be able to get some of the IRA, but I want to make sure my children from the first marriage, for example, uh, would get it after he or she dies. So a lot of times we'll do, we call it a spouse-only retirement trust. And then we say, who do you want to be in charge of that? Do you want the children to be in charge of that? Do you want to make sure that they only get the required minimum distributions? So we have to ask questions on how you want to have it done. Remember, a spouse, you could still stretch, but we could say, well, we're going to limit you to the required minimum distribution. So remember what I said when somebody either reaches age 70 and a half or 72, that a lot of people are even surprised that you have to pay tax at some point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the idea was tax deferral, but then you have to pay taxes. Sure. And then it gets into a question, uh, well, do we want to do that? Does the spouse want to disclaim? Maybe the children uh, have a lower tax bracket. Maybe don't need the income. Um, there may be other things that the spouse may take in consideration. Uh, why? Let's say even if it wasn't a second marriage, let's say it was a good marriage, but we wanted the spouse to be in control because we thought, then eh, there's one kid that is um, uh, has some issues. Uh, Maybe they have a drug addiction. Maybe they're estranged, could be somewhat estranged. And we want to give that uh, spouse the ability to change who the beneficiaries are. So you could have these powers within the trust if you wanted to as well. So it's a, so you have to look and see what the facts are. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so in effect, you could say, okay, spouse benefits whatever way you want. You have the language, a spouse. Remember, you could have that spouse could stretch out over life expectancy, and then it goes the way that you desire by having the uh, IRA name that trust for spouse. Not the revocable trust, but the spouse-only retirement trust inside the trust. Okay. Mm-hmm. Similarly, if you had a disabled beneficiary, remember, you could stretch. If you could stretch... Uh, the IRA if they're disabled, but we have to take in consideration another fact. If they're disabled and on Medicaid, then if there's a distribution of that required minimum, that required minimum, well, not required, if there's a distribution to them, because now, by the way, for the inherited IRA, there's no longer the rule that you had to take out a certain amount each year. You could take it all out in year 10 uh, if you wanted to. Uh, If you were... um, uh, let's say, not one of those five categories. Well, 
But on a disabled person, I told you that fit within the exception that you could stretch it out over the life expectancy. However, if there's a distribution of income and that person's on, let's say, Medicaid, then that would create uh, ineligibility or could create ineligibility because they look at the amount of income you Mm -hmm. get. So you have to put a provision inside the disability trust. We often call it's often called either a special needs or supplemental needs trust. Mm -hmm. The ability to accumulate. Uh, Sometimes, though, after the death, the spouse, the surviving spouse, does have to make an election with the government if they're going to do something like make a disclaimer. um, So they have to be careful of what they do before they do it. Now, I told you that there are some other things that we want to protect. So if let's say that was just even the first marriage, and but you're concerned that your uh, spouse might remarry. Great many people uh, after a spouse either dies or they get divorced get remarried. And if you're concerned about that, another reason why you would have the IRA go into a trust, probably in a, revoc- a trust within the revocable trust because you don't want to go through probate. IRAs, of course, go outside of probate. Normally, they go outside of probate. Mm-hmm. What would be the mistake? You don't have another beneficiary. Mm. Sometimes they, it could be a problem if, uh, just like on bank accounts, if you don't have a contingent beneficiary and that person who you named as your beneficiary uh, died first, then you may have to go through probate. So for those of y'all who think, oh, I'll just have a beneficiary designated, no problem. It'll avoid probate. Oh, did you think about the fact that there wasn't an alternate beneficiary and that sometimes things don't go in the natural order? I always tell that my wife's grandmother uh, died prematurely at 107 and a half. Anyway, she, uh, uh, two of her three children predeceased her and one of her grandchildren predeceased her. So if you think everything goes by the natural order, uh, think again. Um, so similarly with an IRA, uh, you have to always have contingent beneficiaries. Yesterday I was talking to a client and we had done their planning prior to 2020. We had a revocable trust. And uh, in this case, we weren't concerned about the remarriage. And she said, I think it goes to the trust. I said, hold on, let me look at, we actually did the beneficiary designation. So there's a form that you usually deal with whoever holds the retirement account. But we would actually design it in a way we might add pages, say, okay, if this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens. So we have all those different contingencies. So in this case, because the surviving spouse we trusted, we said, and it was all first marriage, they'd been married for 50 years, that type, things like that. And so, uh, of course, people older can get remarried too. Uh, but the in this case, husband says, I am not, I don't really care. She could have it. She could stretch it over her life expectancy. But for the kids, I don't like that daughter-in-law. She might take, she's too controlling. She may get remarried uh, if, if my son dies first. I'm really concerned. And so I have a trust for them. You see, so we had a trust, but now we had to rethink. And so I said, let's talk about this. Because now, if it goes, it has to be taken out within 10 years, now all of a sudden, it should be taken into consideration that if we leave it inside the trust, that the trust tax rate is higher on income that's like a little over $13,700, somewhere, $700, somewhere around there. The income tax rate is 
37%. So now I have to say, what's more important? Is it more important to protect from that no good daughter-in-law or son-in-law? Or is it more important to pay less taxes? So you have to have the discussion as to what's important to the client. Some people say one thing and some people say another. And it really, I don't care about the taxes. They're lucky to get what they get. You know, mm -hmm. it could be whatever, whatever the issue may be. So that's some, another consideration. Not only is your spouse going to get remarried, are you concerned about that if your child uh, receives the IRA? And, and it gets it directly, that they're going to give it to their spouse. And you mm -hmm. want it to go to the grandkids or your other kids or whomever it is that you desire as opposed to that that no good son-in-law or daughter-in-law who may get remarried and give it to somebody else. Even if the no, even if the son-in-law or daughter-in-law is, is good, they may get remarried. They had the best of intentions to try to take care of uh, his, his or her own children. Mm -hmm. But... Could be that there's a duty to support the other spouse. Mm -hmm. They may have health issues. And if they have health sh issues under Texas law, if you're married, you have a duty to support your spouse. Mm -hmm. They had the best of intentions. They were going to take care of your kids. Mm -hmm. well, you know, but you know what they say, the road to wherever, yes. I won't say, but <laughs> is uh, paved been, with good intentions. Yes, paved I with, hear you. Yeah. And that's the whole theme of you, your practice, your program is so many of us, producer Chris, me, anybody listen to this program? Well, I think, but I think is dangerous. Michael knows. Michael does this seven days a week. He eats, breathes, and sleeps his practice and the law. He's on top of this. So why not give your situation to someone who knows? To that end, the, the best step in the right, and the, the stepping in the right direction for that is to go to Michael's next workshop, which is in person. We don't do online anymore. Michael does them all in person, which is a great thing. That next one is July the 16th, which is a Saturday at 10 o'clock. And Michael, tell us why those workshops are now in person and what they're all about. Well, we think, uh, first of all, I think it's better to be in person, but we had them virtual during the pandemic for over two years yeah. because, you know, we wanted people to be safe. Um, but we even see, you know, last month or earlier, uh, I think it was last month, I think it was, or maybe it was in uh, earlier this month, the government even said, we don't even test people from coming from other countries right, all that. So uh, anymore. So I think that if the government's saying, hey, um, we're, we feel like we're comfortable here, then I guess we could say that we feel like we're comfortable too. Right, which is excellent. I'm so glad you're comfortable. The audience will be comfortable, and there's nothing like doing it in person so you can experience all the senses, uh, touch, feel, see, hear, smell, everything that's important when it comes to making big decisions like this. Like you said the last program, like you implied today, look before you leap, meaning pause, take your time, ask questions, and don't assume anything. And that's the point of these workshops. Yeah, we ask people what they want to know. And, you know, you never know what people are going to ask. It ranges like, uh, it could be on Medicaid. It could be on ladybird deeds. It could be on veterans benefits. It could be on trust. It could be on wills. It could be on powers of attorney. We never know what the questions that people ask. Every workshop is different. Yep. Every time, I think, and so usually it's something. There'll be something that's never been asked before in ten years. Mm -hmm. So we'll just we just say, "What do you want to know?" And we proceed to answer those questions. We will have a presentation also to go over the basics on estate planning and also on Medicaid. 
and at least long-term care Medicaid. And then we'll see, uh, there'll be questions throughout. We'll be answering those questions because it's interactive. It's not just a seminar. We're going to have you, if you want, to be involved. We'll answer those questions. In fact, when you ask the questions, we're going to write it on a board, and we're going to write So I make sure that I answer everybody's question if I don't answer it at the beginning. And so we uh, proceed to do that over those two hours. And um, I think you're going to find that you're going to learn something, you're going to have some fun, and you're going to see that the time will fly by. To attend that next workshop, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online, DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. Lawyer.com on July 16th is the next workshop. It's on a Saturday at 10 o'clock in the morning. I think you're going to learn something and do have I, some fun. And do I dare mention the resurrection of the KWM coffee mugs? Well, I hope that we don't run out of them. I mean, they're they're going like hotcakes. We've got a box ready for you to take away from the studios today, ready to go. We also have KWAM hats. Oh. If people want those. We couldn't give anything away during the pandemic the last two years, but now that everything is in person again, thank God, um, maybe they'll would like a mug or a hat or both. Wow, I didn't realize about the hats. Well, we're, y'all are going to have some bonus that others, no other workshop has had. Really? That's yeah. true. At least with Gate of Lamb on it, they don't have no other workshop like it in the world. But anyway, all kidding aside, that's just a thank you for being a supportive listener of KWAM and attending Michael's workshop and just to help promote our radio station, which is now five years old in existence uh, as we speak this month uh, in terms of the new format. So we're grateful for that. Michael's been on the air, KWM, when it was a Legends format, and then it became a Christian format. How long have you been on the air now? Nine, well, since, uh Well, probably, yeah, about nine years, nine probably, years probably something like That's that. That's great. I've learned so much from you. I know the audience has too. His podcast has increased significantly over the last few months in terms of listenership, especially with other attorneys. Michael was mentioning in his humble way. So that's um, very rewarding for him to know that other attorneys are listening to what he has to say. So Michael, uh, about five minutes left or so, more about trust as a beneficiary of IRAs. Well, let's say you had a minor as a beneficiary. Well, let's say if it just goes directly to the minor, somebody makes a mistake, and whether it's a paid on death account or an IRA, Mm. uh uh-oh, can a minor handle money? They're consumed. They're considered to be incapacitated. Mm-hmm. So if it went to them outright, then you're going to have to go to the court registry or have a, some sort of trust. A lot more difficult. So, uh, so we may want to have a trust. You know, you always think of in wills, and similarly, you could do it in trust, mm-hmm. where you have it. Oh, this is going to be kept in trust until the person's a certain age. Well, remember with with IRAs, first of all, you have the tax advantage if they're a minor, at least until they reach the age of majority. Mm-hmm. And but you, even if they were over the age of majority, most people think that at eighteen. That, you know, at 18, you might want to spend that money on a red sports car, which is something that I've been wanting to do. <laughs> right. You're past 18, though, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that you don't have to card me this time. <laughs> uh, so just so similarly, so a lot of times there's, you know, we mentioned 
marriage, marriage. or we've mentioned the uh, child, uh, your child spouse might mm-hmm. get remarried. Right. We've talked about disability. We've Now we talked about people who are underage. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of different reasons. Maybe the kid has a drug addiction or uh, and and we or there there's some other issue with them. They're a spendthrift. They get the money as soon as they get it. They spend it. So a lot of times you use trust to protect, and you could dictate how it's distributed to them. Either it could stay in, or it could get a certain dollar amount or a certain percentage. And so you have to figure out what you want, and that's the. The good thing about trust is you get to say exactly what you want to do and how you want to protect. So a lot of times, for example, I talked to somebody this week. All right, this child has a drug addiction. We have a problem. Okay, we're going to have a hair follicle test that we're going to have to be determined. And if they don't pass that test and we have these different conditions before there'll be a distribution because I want them to put some skin in the game to make sure that they're doing something so they no longer have that addiction. Or it could be for financial reasons. I want you to have a certain amount of college or degrees or this or that or financial. You could put whatever you want. You could have incentives in the trust, just like you could have whenever they make distribution. So then you have, so again, now you're starting to see with planning, there's really more like a cafeteria line. Mm-hmm. You have to pick what you want and see what it is that you want to insure against. Because I think of estate planning documents is no different than insurance. Why do you want to insure against? Something as simple as a power of attorney is in case you're disabled, you have somebody who has the authority to act. Or in this case, trust, what is it that you want to protect against? Spouse remarrying, child spouse remarrying, creditor issues. Is there uh, sometimes now inherited IRAs in Texas have credit protection, but most states they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in any event, it could be all sorts of different reasons why you have trust, and it's just a matter of figuring out what it is that you want to protect against, so you could protect your loved ones the way you want under your terms and conditions. Because really, estate planning is about the family. It's not about necessarily the money. It's about protecting your family the way you want. Mm-hmm. So uh, so you get to do it if you choose to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's up to that person to know what their choices are to protect their loved ones under the terms and conditions that they want and when they get and how they get and it's uh, and then it's just a matter of planning. That's all. I like that. Uh, beginning of the program, end of the program, the theme, My Way, Frank Sinatra. You say that because you want people to be in control, and control is a good thing. Hopefully their way is God's way, and that they're going to act in moral and intelligent ways and unselfish ways. That's the purpose of all of this. Michael is as unselfish as they come, uh, especially for an attorney where you may prejudice attorneys and think, well, they're just about this and about that. Michael's just not that way. You don't. If you don't know him, you need to know him just personally, let alone professionally, because I know him and I know his heart. You should at least get to know him by attending his next workshop. That is on Saturday, July the 16th at 10 o'clock in order to sign up for that estate planning essentials workshop dial 214-720-0102 214-720-0102 or go to dallaselderlawyer.com dallaselderlawyer.com at the workshop coffee mugs KWM coffee mugs hats and of course you can always listen to every program on his website which is dallaselderlawyer.com and you can listen to archive programs that go how far back do the programs go well, now? Well, they go back quite a bit, but mm-hmm. they, we just started 
putting the topic names in the last uh, earlier this year oh, at the beginning. So now you can see the type of topic uh, that ranges for whatever it may be that you want to hear about. Excellent. Then do that. Uh, you won't regret it. You won't regret attending the workshop. So plan on that now. Sign up today. Michael Cohen, we thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. A leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas. Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.